Hello, Screamer, and welcome to Scream Stream, where every week I bring you the best and the worst of streaming horror in 20 minutes or less with no spoilers. My name is James Gass. So if, th- if this is the first time you are joining the show, what I do here is just give you a simple rundown of a particular horror film that I review each week, and I don't go into like a scene-by-scene breakdown I just kind of let you know, is it worth watching or is it worth renting on one of the various VOD services? And that's what I like to do. Just kind of help you quickly make your decision because we know sometimes you can sit there and spend an hour going up and down your queue and and it's very difficult to find something to watch. So I kind of help you make that decision. Now on this week's episode, I do have a really good show for you. Stick around after the review for my shit list of the week, as well as two really cool additions to Hulu Plus. Now, again, Hulu does not sponsor this show. I just happen to like the service, and I do subscribe to the Hulu Plus. And there are two new additions on there that are just really awesome, really excited for them, and uh, stick around for the shit list. So let's get into the review of Find Me. Find Me is a 2014 haunted house film uh, written by Cameron Bender, Catherine Lynn, and Andy Palmer, and was directed also by Andy Palmer. And it currently holds a 4.2 on IMDb, and for a brief plot synopsis, before boxes are unpacked in their new home, newlyweds Tim and Emily find themselves playing a very creepy game of hide-and-seek with a vengeful spirit. Now, how I got turned on to this film, a couple months ago, I uh, received a message on YouTube, and every now and then I'll have a filmmaker uh, send me a trailer to their latest film. Sometimes it's a link to a short film. Well, Andy Palmer sent me a link to the trailer for his newest film called Find Me. Uh, I think at the time its working title was Hide and Seek, but they changed it officially to Find Me. And so I checked out the trailer, and as soon as I watched it, man, I was like, wow, i I, I got to see this movie. So I contacted him back. I said, hey, uh, when, is, when is this coming out? When, uh, when can I see I want to see this. And he told me it would be out around September. And it was released on September the 1st. I think <laughs> it's funny because actually on the September the 2nd, I messaged him back. I said, hey, uh, is the film out yet? I really want to see it. He's like, yeah, it just came out yesterday. I'm like, oh, great. So I went on iTunes. I rented it from iTunes because that's where I like to go. It is also available on Google Play and Amazon Instant Streaming. So it's available on a wide range of uh, sources. Now, it stars Cameron Bender as Tim, Catherine Lynn as Emily, Rachel DeMaria as Claire, and Carlos Alazraki as Paul. Now, these are no-name actors, at least to me. I haven't heard of the majority of these people, with the exception of... Carlos Azraki, who uh, he was Rocco on Rocco's Modern Life. He was Mr. Crocker on The Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, he was uh, Winslow in Cat Dog, that cartoon. Uh, and he's done a lot of other really cool cartoons that I remember from childhood, like Camp Laszlo. He was uh, the Scottish pug dog on Juniper Lee. Uh, so he's done a lot of uh, voice work. He was also the Taco Bell dog. He did the voice of the Taco Bell dog. So he's done a lot of cool stuff. But for the rest of the actors, relatively unknowns uh, as far as I can tell, but they did a really 
good job. I mean, the entire uh, cast did a great job, even down to the two guys from the moving company. They had a couple lines, but they were good. It wasn't like cheesy, cheesy acting. Because you can tell this is a fairly low-budget film, and so they, they get the best actors they can with whatever budget they have. And everybody did a great job. So the acting was spot on. Loved it. Camera work was amazing. Loved, absolutely loved the camera work on this movie. Every shot set the tone for the scene, the way the camera moved, the way the camera moved around the house. Uh, even like the low light situations, because I know when you're filming on digital, low light is is killer, man. But it still looked good, even in those really dark shots. So yeah, great cam work. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the story. Okay, so it's a haunted house film. You know there's going to be a ghost. And you know that the people living in the house is going to try to figure out who the ghost is. These things you know, okay? It's, it's like every other haunted house film. So filmmakers, when they do a film like this, they have to take that core plot and put their own spin on it and bring their vision to that subgenre. And a lot of subgenres are the same way. Slasher films, they all have the same basic plot. It's just what you do with it. And I thought they took the subgenre of haunted house films and did just a really good job. They told a really cool uh, story of what the ghost is. Uh, what I really liked, though, there were some cool nuances within the story. For example, uh, a lot of times uh, you have like one person experiences something, and the other person is just like, you're crazy, whatever. But Tim, the husband, uh, was very supportive. I like that. Well, that was refreshing to see uh, that the the husband wasn't all like you're you're just some crazy chick, and we need to put you in a mental institution. Uh, no, he was very supportive of of the things that Emily was telling him. So those are some slight nuances in the film that I really appreciated. Uh, she also mentioned in the dialogue that uh, you know if I tell him is he going to be like those guys on those on those uh, ghost shows where the husband just thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> that, that was, I thought that was pretty cool. Cause I do watch a lot of that stuff like a haunting and celebrity ghost story, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, taking that core plot and doing something cool with it is exactly what they did. I loved the story. I loved the puzzle solving. I loved just the overall creepy tone uh, of the film. And the dialogue was very, uh, organic. It had a nice organic dialogue to it. I mean, when you hear when you hear them speak, it's like this is the way people talk. It's not like a lot of films where you watch and it's like nobody nobody talks like that. Who who says that? Uh, no, this is a very very organic dialogue. Uh, so the writers did a good job there. And as for the tone of the film, very creepy. Now, a lot of us who watch a lot of horror films, we just we don't get scared. The films don't scare us. So what I do is I kind of judge is a film scary or not by how creeped up, creeped out am I? Cause a lot of times I'll watch like a horror film and I'll get chills. Things, you know, scenes will give me chills or they'll make me feel kind of creepy, but never really scare me. So this film, 
I had goosebumps almost through the entire thing. Very, very creepy movie. I mean, even from the opening shot was very creepy. So I have chills now just thinking about it. Uh, camera effects were great. They used some really cool camera tricks to make those creepy scenes. There was not a lot of CGI. I think I saw CGI in two shots maybe for the uh, used on the ghost. So a lot of it was practical effects, camera tricks, effective camera tricks at that uh, with the music box. Very creepy. Uh, everything in this film just really creeped me out and it gave me chills. I have chills now. <laughs> so great tone. The tone of the film was just spooky. It was a spooky film. I thought they did a good job with the tone. A couple of other things that I do want to mention, some, some subtleties like uh, nods to previous horror films. Uh, for example, Poltergeist and The Evil Dead. There's a couple nods to those films in there. Very subtle. You'll have to kind of look for them. I appreciated that. Uh, I don't know if they did that intentionally, but I kind of picked up on it. There was some gore. Not a lot, but there was a little bit of gore, and the gore was cool. Nice gory shower scene. Uh, like, lo love that. Uh, the other things that I noticed uh, were subtle, but they pertain to sort of like the research that they, I'm going to assume they did. And a lot of haunted house films you see, they do the whole smudging thing with the smudge sticks and the sage. Uh, one thing they did that I haven't seen a haunted house film do yet is with the crystals. And in theory, what you're supposed to do is hang a crystal in each corner of the home, preferably in front of a window uh, to sort of reflect light into the house. Uh, subtleties like that were just really impressed me. I liked that a lot. Uh, the ending of the film, a lot of times in these films, they, the endings fall flat for me. It's almost like the filmmakers got lazy and they just wanted to hurry it up and, and get it wrapped. Ending on this one held strong all the way through. And what I really liked, without giving too much away, is that it was not a happy ending. A lot of times in these haunted house films, you have like happy endings. Oh, we found out who the ghost was. Now they're free. No, this is not a happy ending. And I like that. I like having a, a dark ending to a film. Not everything is, is rainbows and, and unicorn farts. I mean, come on. So <laughs> the ending was great. I love the ending. What really saddens me is that this film only has a 4.2 on IMDb. And I think that should be a lot higher. And I've read some of the reviews and they make the complaint that it's predictable and generic. Well, every haunted house film is going to be predictable in some sense and generic in some sense because they all use that same core plot. Again, it's what you do with it that makes it good or not. And I love what Andy Palmer did with this film. I, it was creepy. I was creeped out the entire time. When I watch a horror film, if you ever hear me say, F that shit. <laughs> You know I'm pretty creeped out, and I said that a lot during this film. <laughs> Almost every scene, I was yelling at the screen, saying, F that shit. <laughs> so uh, it creeped me out a lot. I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. Totally worth the rental. Uh, I think I was like, uh, f I think I paid four ninety nine on iTunes for the rental. 
Uh, I highly recommend you go rent this. For my own rating, I'm going to give this movie an A. I thought they did a great job in just a sort of review. Great acting, great camera work. Story was cool. I love the story, love the puzzles. The tone was great. Uh, there were a couple funny moments in the dialogue, uh, but it's that kind of humor that keeps the overall tone. It's just situational humor that kind of happens. It doesn't take away from the film. It doesn't take you out of it. It's just a couple moments of funny dialogue. Another thing I liked, they didn't use a whole lot of jump scares to cheapen the effect. A lot of the scares in this were prolonged. They were, they weren't like, how can I explain this? Uh, so when a movie is filled with jump scares, I think that's just kind of a cheap way to, to scare somebody. What's really creepy is if you prolong a scene and just add that subtle sort of action to just really creep you out. That's what happens in this one, especially with like the music box. And when she's walking down the hallway, there's, there's no, it's just like, you see this thing. You're like, Oh, F that shit. <laughs> so <laughs> the movie was really creeped me out all the way through. I loved it. Thought it was great. Go rent it. Totally an A film. So Andy, I know you're probably listening to this. Good job, sir. Uh, great movie. Uh, and I cannot wait to see more work from you. Just spot on. Before I wrap up, I do want to mention two films that have been added to uh, Hulu Plus. Two awesome films from David Cronenberg. The first is Scanners. And if you have not seen Scanners, please go and check it out. It's one of Cronenberg's great early films starring Michael Ironside, who has a full head of hair, which was pretty cool to see. <laughs> and the other is The Brood. I just watched The Brood today for the first time. Another great film. A wonderful film from, from David Cronenberg. Both of these titles are a part of the Criterion collection. Now, here's what's interesting. The Brood is not listed on Criterion's website. And if you do a search for Blu-ray or for on Blu-ray.com, you'll see the Brood there, the Criterion Collection DVD there listed, but it has no release date. So I don't know if this is an exclusive to Hulu Plus, because I do know that Hulu and, and Criterion have some sort of special deal together where you can stream the entire Criterion collection from Hulu Plus. So if you have any information regarding the Brood Criterion edition, please let me know, because I find that really interesting. It's not listed on the website or anything, but on Hulu Plus, it's there. It's the Criterion edition of the Brood, so I found that really interesting. Now on to my shit list. <laughs> so here we go. And I found most of these, well, a couple of these on Hulu, and then a couple of of them are on Netflix. Toad Road. Okay, I thought this was going to be kind of cool, uh, but I watched, like, the first half and nothing happened. It was essentially a bunch of teenagers doing drugs, and nothing happened at all, really. Uh, I thought something was going to happen when they went to this Toad Road, but nope, they just did some more drugs. Breadcrumbs. The first time I saw Breadcrumbs was on that DVD pack that I uh, told you that I bought. It has the the, ten, the 15 movies on it. 
Uh, it was uh, everything about this film was bad. The bad acting. It's about a, a, a porn crew go out to a cabin to film a porn. Well, there you go. I mean, that tells you right there. It's it's just bad. Uh, the acting was terrible. The sound design was terrible. At one point, you can hear, you can see the woman screaming, but nothing is heard. Uh, just really bad. It's about two kids killing people. It was just terrible. The anniversary. Uh, this was pretty dull. <laughs> A group of girls go camping in the woods after uh, the anniversary of one of them's parents getting killed or somebody got killed. I don't know. There was no suspense. Here's the problem. There was no suspense. It started off strong, but there's no suspense to leading up to the thing that's supposed to happen. It just, just started happening. Like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess this is happening now. Uh, just really bad. Uh, okay. Acting. Acting was okay. Uh, but yeah, there's just no suspense, no build up. And finally, <laughs> I, I should have saw this one coming. Gallo Walkers, starring, uh, starring Wesley Snipes, and has a cameo from Diamond Dallas Page. Just a terrible film. It was supposed to be old west zombies, but the zombies were actually intelligent, and the acting was just terrible. Wesley Snipes was playing an impersonation of himself, basically. Uh, just terrible script. Bad acting from everybody. There was not a single good actor in this film. And this, the the dialogue was terrible. The script was bad. Just a really terrible... Worst southern accents I've ever heard in a movie. I mean, like... There's one woman who's British trying to do a southern accent, and it was just... I mean, it was god-awful. Oh, just don't watch these movies. So there's my shit list. And that'll wrap up the show this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Scream underscore Stream, or you can follow me uh, on my personal Twitter at James Gas. Send me an email, ScreamStreamCast at gmail.com, or go check out the website for all of my past episodes of ScreamStream, and that is ScreamStreamCast.blogspot.com. And remember, I'm still taking requests for the worst horror film you have ever seen. I already have one request for Houseboat Horrors, which is an Australian film. I think I'm going to have to actually buy a copy of, off of Amazon because I cannot find it anywhere. So please email those suggestions to me. Or you can, you know, contact me on the various places. Google Plus, we're there as well. And on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Screamstream Podcast. Until next week, remember... If it was real, the cameraman would be dead too. Good night.